Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Every K-State fan enjoys Settle down and pour a whiskey Crack open a LaCroix Please put your hands together And make a little noise For your favorite wildcatters The handsome Bosco boys Bosco's boys Come on, boys Boom! The boys are back in TGIF. TGIF, it is Friday. My friends, my dear friends, my compatriots, my comrades. We have made it through another week. And we are getting very close to football season. So, you know, this is a K-State podcast. We're all about the cats. We're about college football. But as you guys are listening to this, we are, I'm pulling up my calendar. This kind of shows you how poorly planned I I am. As you are pulling this up, we are going to be less than three weeks away from the first NFL preseason game. We are going to be less than six weeks away from week zero where we're all going to sit down and watch together as Nebraska hopefully gets upset in Ireland. We we, we made it through it. It's a uh, another the second full week of going uh, with a podcast every single day from now until I either die, until I get gravely sick, I get burnt out and end the show, or football season ends. Given a show every single day this week. Uh, and we're at Friday. Guys, it feels good. I hope you had a great week. I know mine has been up and down, but nothing gets me in a great mood. Like either talking to someone for this podcast. We had Grant on this week. Uh, we've had Drew on recently. We did the live show. But just talking about K-State sports. It's the best. Again, as we're getting closer to football season, I want to... Just urge everyone to make sure you're listening to and supporting the folks who are doing these great K-State podcasts out here. Cole, Derek, John with KC Sports Network doing uh, the Three Ma podcast. Tim Fitzgerald and his group doing the Power Cat podcast. You got my buddies, my podcasting children, the Aggieville Alley Cats. They're going weekly. Before you know it, you're going to be getting a ton of shows from the short side option. You're going to have all sorts of stuff going on uh, with the student radio. Uh, Shake and Blake is a fun one uh, that is currently going, and they're always doing great stuff. Make sure you're checking out the student radio and those kids getting into the game, talking sports uh, right there, right there. Uh, College and Kimball. 
They're going to get going during football season here uh, soon uh, as well, I'm sure. The Locker Room Show, L-O-E-C-K-E-R Room. Uh, They're going to be coming back for football season here soon, according to their Twitter as well. They're taking a break in July, but they'll be back again. These are some of the podcasts that I listen to that all of you guys should be listening to, especially when the football season comes around. Because, again, there's no excuse to get mad at the Kansas City Sports Talk Radio, the National Sports Talk Radio, not talking K-State, because we have a lot of great shows right here, right now. Hopefully, I'm going to be able to talk about something else fun that I'm going to be part of that's going to give you some K-State and some fellow Big 12 podcast news as well. But again, until that moment, make sure you're checking out those great shows. Uh, and, And again, There's no excuse. Once football season's here, there is no excuse. There are a lot of great K-State podcasts. I'm just happy to be part of this group. Okay. Big 12 Media Days were this week. And there really wasn't a lot of stuff that went viral. You know, Brent Venables, I think the the most viral thing that happened was Brent Venables making a, a quote about a fire hose. And he probably just did not phrase that correctly i'm not going to repeat it word for word if you want to do it i uh, just twitter search brent venables and Firehose, and i uh i think you're gonna see it and you'll 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 uh you'll probably get a kick out of that but before i talk about my takeaways from this show and also hey i, I i'm sorry i forgot mitch fortner in the game uh in manhattan they're doing their daily radio show as well and it is out on podcast so sorry when i was shouting out all those shows did not mean to to miss that one. The game. Mitch Fortner still holding it down on K-Man 1350 uh, every day there as well with his group as well. Didn't mean to forget them. But before I get into talking about my uh, takeaways from Big 12 Media Day, watching and listening from afar. Guys, if you're listening to this on release day tomorrow. Tomorrow is the big day. The home field launch happens at 11 a.m. Central Time. I've seen 10 of the 14 items in the collection. They are elite. I'm lucky enough that I'm getting a handful of shirts early shipped to my house. They're showing up on Friday. Guys, I cannot wait to rip open that package like a damn rabid dog. There are going to be some legitimate all-time favorite t-shirts for your collection, again, they're also going to have a hoodie, a crew neck, and a women's cut shirt as well. I promise you, there is going to be your new favorite t-shirt for sale. So set your alarm, because there's a couple of them that I legitimately think might sell out on day one. Promo code Bosco's Boys for 15% off. Tell your friends. 15% off using Bosco's Boys. No spaces, all caps. And again... Going live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on ColorCast. Uh, stay tuned. I'm working on getting the Android app, I promise. If, if the Android app is not figured out by the uh, Bonehead Prediction Extravaganza, I'll do something different for you guys, but uh, we'll be going live. It, it was massive. And we even had a group of Boneheads that decided to go live themselves, go for another two and a half hours afterwards on ColorCast. The uh, great Bob Trollsby was the one doing that. I might have to figure out if I can start publishing. I might have to get the audio for that, start publishing You know, the Cocaine Cats After Dark uh, in their own little live show. So join us next Wednesday at 7 p.m. All right, let's start off with Brett Yormark. You know, I, I think this guy is either going to be a home run or he's going to strike out and fail miserably. I don't think there's going to be any in between for Brett Yormark. Um, he he specifically talked about TV negotiations. He was saying everything that we do as a conference is going to surround uh, making the next TV deal the most profitable and the best thing for the conference members as possible. I like that. He also did follow up a lot of questions saying he still has not officially started the job until August 1st. He's doing a lot of phone calls, it sounds like. It sounds like he's doing a lot of stuff uh, when it comes to getting to know the member institutions, getting to know 
the other Power Five and college football commissioners. He's had calls with the college football playoff. He has long-standing relationships with these TV networks already. It sounds like there's some preliminary stuff, but when it comes to the TV negotiations and when it, ta- when it came to talking specifically about expanding the Big 12, he made sure to say, hey, look, I don't actually officially start until August 1st, and nothing we do is going to happen in any real way until after I start and get going there. So I wouldn't expect to hear anything concrete about either expanding the conference or even triggering TV renegotiation stuff early. I think a lot of folks are tweeting stuff out and they're trying to get ahead of it. And I've even talked about on the show about how I think CBS is going to become a player. There's too much smoke coming out of CBS, coming out of Nashville, Tennessee, uh, to not believe that there is a chance that that would happen. Nashville, Tennessee is where uh, CBS Sports is located. Um, I don't actually know where CBS, the actual headquarters is, but their sports division is located in Nashville, Tennessee. So there's there's enough smoke coming out of Nashville that makes me think that the C, that CBS is going to try to be a player. But again, there's a long-standing relationship between Brett Yormark and ESPN and Fox. If you go back and read the press release, there, there was stuff from Fox, the head of their uh, sports uh, division, talking about Brett. So again, I think it'll be interesting. That's going to be the biggest thing he does. And quite frankly, that is going to be the only thing of note that I think is that, that's going to go down during his tenure. We'll, we'll talk about something here in a little bit. But I think ultimately, Brett Yormark is going to be known for what he does with the TV negotiations. At the end of the day, I think that the Big 12 leaderships at the schools, unless something drastically changes, they're never going to be this nice working unit. I think that is going to prohibit any sort of transformational change you could possibly see in college athletics coming out of the Big 12. But I do think it is ultimately going to come down to what he does with that TV contract. He did make sure to say on multiple occasions that the Big 12 is open for business. I took that as corporate sponsorships. I took that as uh, new branding opportunities. Uh, I took that definitely about expansion, but he said that a few times and that was one of his opening statements. And again, I think it's all a little bit of, you know, public relations speak. But, but I do think he made it known that that is what he was brought in here to do, is be a businessman. And it's also a little striking to kind of hear the way he talks. He is straight out of New York. It sounds like he could be from a mobster movie that's being taken place in New York. I actually think, I think I read somewhere that he, he's married to someone who was born into one of those New York mob crime families. So again, I wouldn't mess with Brett Yormark at all. But it's exciting. He also said that he wasn't like, he he didn't have a, oh my gosh, what did I get into reaction when the UCLA and USC news broke. He said he was excited for that. And again, I think that's the type of guy that you need uh, leading the conference. Uh, Most of the sound bites that got a lot of play, a lot of the quotes that kind of went viral on Twitter revolved around Texas and Oklahoma Again, I, I might talk at the end about um, some of my thoughts, give some words for the folks coming from Austin who cover the Texas Longhorns. Uh, but they were asking, oh, you know, is it your goal to have them here as long as possible? And he was asked that at the podium, and he was asked that in the breakout bullpen session afterwards. And he basically said, look, if it's a win-win for the conference and for Texas and Oklahoma, then yeah, sure, they can leave early. I took that to mean as, hey, Texas, Oklahoma, if one of you, if one or both of you want to cut a hundred million dollar check, uh, and we'll let you leave. You know, I that that's the way I took it. And again, I, I I'll say this right now: if K State Athletics can get a ten million dollar check from Oklahoma and a ten million dollar check from Texas, go ahead, leave early. I don't care. I don't care, but if they're not going to, then no, make them stay, make them hurt a little bit, get the most out of these TV contracts, and then let them move on. That's my point of view. That's my perspective. I don't know 
if Oklahoma or Texas are going to be able to turn around and pony up that $100 million. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it because um, that's always been the rumored number. And I'll tell you this right now. I don't know why Brett Yormark would accept less. You know, again, he, he, could, he might negotiate maybe if it's $80 million. Again, $20 million to the eight remaining uh, member institutions. Sorry, new kids, you guys don't get any of that blood money. But, you know, maybe that'll be it. But that everyone wanted to make that seem like it's, oh, man, this is here, here's this big news. But, again, that hasn't been the news. There's always been a buyout. If Oklahoma and Texas really wanted to get out of it, they could have bought out of it and then also bought their grant of rights out as well, which would be the difference between the TV deal. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, he also said he wanted to see playoff expansions and that he's had some talks with the folks at the college football playoff. Uh, Heather Denich, who should not have even been credentialed, uh, turned around, tweeted, and said that he had a non-answer. No, I found two specific quotes of him saying he's already talked to people around the college football playoff, and he's in favor of the 12-team expansion or an 8-team expansion. So Heather Denich, who was one of the lead mouthpieces in the ESPN conspiracy theory to try to cheer on the American to poach the Big 12 and kill off the Big 12, she was out here just tweeting nonsense. And again, I, I understand why they didn't do it. And the Big 12 will never be as petty as I am or what I wanted them to be. But Heather Dennett should never be credentialed or allowed into another Big 12 venue ever again. She was the first, she was the loudest, and she was the most consistent. Even up until the week that the Big 12 added Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF. Even up until that week, she was still pounding the table for Mike Oresco in the uh, American Athletic Conference to take a handful of Big 12 teams and be the lifeboat for them instead of vice versa. I'd be fine if I never had to see Heather Denich in a Big 12 venue ever again. She is a hack. She is a trash journalist. There's a group of them at ESPN and at The Athletic that were 100% complicit and the Americans' uh, attempt to take out the Big 12, and that was at the behoof of ESPN and The Athletic. Heather Dennis should not ever be credentialed again. You know, and this is kind of what I'm going to finish up at. The, the thing that I really was, my, my interest was peaked was him consistently talking about having to change the brand and get younger, hipper, cooler, using social media, telling stories, doing everything they can. He said that the Big 12 has recently done some, or they hired a firm to do some branding studies. I actually wouldn't be surprised if we saw a name change for the conference. I wouldn't be against it. I'm At the end of the day, I'm not too worried one way or the other about a name, but I am interested to see what he thinks he can accomplish with this, making the brand cool. Again, this was the big thing that he did when he was, uh, you know, running the Barclays Center and he was working with the Brooklyn Nets. That was one of the most magnificent branding, uh, rebranding, just taking a brand from being a bottom tier NBA brand to maybe one of, if not the coolest brands in the NBA. Now, that is a lot easier when it's A, the NBA, when B, you're taking someone from a location like New Jersey and a branding like New Jersey and putting a state name New Jersey on your jersey, no pun intended, and then switching it out for Brooklyn, one of the cooler cities always been associated with hip and having Jay-Z and Beyonce sitting, you know, courtside at the games. You know, he was able to make the... Brooklyn Nets, the cool spot to go during the NBA season when they came over from New Jersey. Kind of took that mantle from the Knicks and still to this day is one of the cooler brands in the NBA. A lot easier to do that with an NBA franchise than changing the perspective of a basketball and football conference. And it's not just those, it's all sports. But to his credit, he does have one other major win. During his time at NASCAR, he was there when they went from being a niche regional sport to a much more national brand. He, at, during his time at 
NASCAR, he kind of took Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon and turned them into household names. He saw them explode with sponsorship money and TV deals. So again, he the, the Nets was easy. NASCAR was a lot harder. I think the Big 12 will be the toughest. That said, he's not perfect because he was part of the group that, again, when he was at the Barclays Center, they tried to bring the New York Islanders into Brooklyn, tried to do the same sort of branding with them, and they failed miserably. Ended up moving them back to Long Island. Now, he also is part of the group that renovated the Nassau Coliseum, kind of gave them a shot in the arm once they went back to Long Island. But again, he's not perfect. He has two major successes and a major failure. So we'll see what sort of magic he can pull off with the Big 12. I'm excited, though. I'm excited. He touched on this, but really this came from Gene Taylor during one of his Ask the AD segments. Uh, They're going to finalize the 2023 football schedule, or at least the format, in August. It sounds like there has been some heated conversations amongst the athletic directors whether or not they're going to go protected rivals, uh, protect two games, pods, divisions, all that type of stuff. Um, especially, you know, that first year if Oklahoma and Texas is still going to be around, or two years, it could be two years that they stick around. Um, you know, that might make it difficult. Uh, if you turn around and then add four, the four mountain schools, I'm not going to call them the four corner schools. I'm going to keep calling them the mountain schools. Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. If you add them in, it makes it even more difficult. Um, But I'm anxiously awaiting that. Anxiously awaiting that. Um, Before I talk about some K-State-specific stuff, again, remember, check out homefieldapparel.com. Promo code Bosco's Voice for 15% off. If you've been on Twitter, you've seen them kind of tease four of the shirts out there. I'll say this. They've teased two of the five favorites I have. There are three more absolute bangers. And again, there's five of them that I think could sell out. But honestly, I've talked to a couple other people who have seen the designs. None of us actually have a consensus. There's like one shirt. or No, there's two shirts that everyone's like, yeah, these are in my top three. But then everyone else has another one. And if you go into the top five, another one, another one. It truly is. Some elite shirts. And, and I'll say this. I'll, I'll tease this. I'll tease this. To my fans and listeners of the Pride of Wildcat Land, the marching band, there might be a shirt that you guys really love. Hell, there might be actually two that you guys really love. There's my little tease to my friends in the band. Love you guys. All right, Chris Kleiman, there, there wasn't... Anything that was too crazy. He, again, has this, I don't, I don't know if confidence is the right word, but he, he handles himself so professionally. And, and Chris Kleiman just is a no-nonsense guy. I want to give a shout-out to Mason Voth. Or Voth. There's a Mason. God damn it, Mason. Voth. I don't know why I just... Everyone knows how bad I am with last names. I've talked to you a million times. But Mason down in Wichita, he at, at the end of the day, he was trying to ask Chris Kleiman what, what his thoughts on the McRib were. And Gene Taylor's in the background just laughing, just eating it up. Because, again, Gene Taylor, he likes those funny questions. But anyone who remembers when Grant and I went to talk to Chris Kleiman, he wanted nothing to do with those silly questions. So he was just like, get out of here with that. No, no. Uh, but but he's a no-nonsense guy. Again, nothing crazy happened. Again, he showed a lot of love to his players, talked about how great they are in the offseason, in the weight room, in the locker room, uh, in the film room. He talked. He, he said that type of stuff about Deuce, about uh, Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Green, Eli Huggins, Felix, Adrian Martin. Basically just ran down the leaders of your roster and talked about how great they are and they're showing those young guys that hey look we're the most talented guys on the team yet we're still putting in all this work i think that culture is what is really going to allow k-state to have sustained success and hopefully create that uh you know basement that floor when it comes to performance of like eight wins 
you know, again, we, we saw the pandemic season and that sucked. And I actually think there were some culture issues there, but I think that taught Chris Kleiman and the coaching staff a little bit of a lesson about some of the guys they brought in. Luckily, none of those guys are there anymore. They did a quick fix. They fixed it even quicker than we ever expected. Uh, but now we're poised to have a big, big year. You know, there are people all over ESPN Plus talking about how K-State could win the Big 12 championship. There were folks in Arlington who are predicting it. Granted, not the people who actually voted in the poll, but people were talking about it. I think that's what makes it so exciting. Um, Again, not a lot was talked about. Uh, the, The one thing that really was discussed and again this is the only time where I really think he let his guard down I actually think sometimes he's too open with the local media during his weekly press conferences maybe it just there weren't any questions that probed any of it but it was your most basic questions but it was in the breakout scrum he was asked about the safeties uh, because they are replacing all three starters and he he really talked about how they've brought in some plug-and-play transfers that they're going to have to be coached up and coached hard every single day of fall camp. Now, I think they're easily able to do it. You know, they brought in some high-quality transfers. You still have a guy like TJ Smith. VJ Payne was getting a lot of love from some of the players as well. I don't... I. It's going to be something I'm going to have my eye on when we take on the South Dakota Coyotes on September 3rd. But I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm not too worried about it. But that was really the only major thing that came out. You know, a lot of love for RJ Garcia from Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn. Um, there were some questions. And again, I, I, I'm going to maybe save my angry rant towards the end. But there, there, there wasn't anything too crazy. And K-State players aren't going to give any sort of bullets and board material. They're never going to, at least with Chris Klein, they're never going to go off the deep end and make big news when they are out there at Big 12 Media Days. Um, But it also is just fun to see these guys out and talking. Uh, You know, the K-State social media team, again, uh, Monday I gave my kind of like public love letter to Emily Starkey and all the work she did from K-State. But the social media team was on point. We got so many pictures. Uh, You got the quick cuts, you know, the montage of everything that happened at Media Days. Uh, I think it was someone from 27 News in Topeka that actually had a video that went viral of Deuce Green, Daniel Green, interviewing Eli Huggins. And they're just having a great time. And again, I think that is something that I have really grown to love and enjoy seeing on social media, on traditional media, in these interviews, how close these guys are. And then at events like Big 12 Media Days, and then when K-State has their own media days in Manhattan, being able to see the players let their guard down, show a little personality, interview each other, go back and forth. You get a little bit of that in season. Um especially after the games or, you know, the midweek when they come out there with their sledgehammers and all that type of stuff. But there is something about the fun kind of viral videos, the hairs getting let down. You're still kind of right before the real grind of the season starts, getting that kind of look in, getting that piece of content, being able to really see these guys having fun, just being college kids. Uh, and, And that was something I enjoyed seeing. Um, I, I, I kind of wrote down notes really from uh, some stuff I heard about or during KU and Oklahoma State's time. There, like I said, outside of the firehose stuff from Brent Venables and, you know, Texas Tech, uh, Joey McGuire wanting everyone to know he was a high school football coach, head football coach for a while, there wasn't really anything of note that came out of the, uh, out of day two, um, I, I did say something and, you know, I, I don't know. Because cause I don't want to bash KU on this. I, I Outside of the KU week and like kind of getting the jokes off, it, it's not a lot of fun. But I, I think Travis Goff and Lance Leipold need to get their messaging straight before media events. Lance Leipold was doing the whole we we don't play for moral victories coach speak up at the podium. 
you know, talking about how, oh, even the players that we brought in, they don't have the starting job. It's all about competition, blah, blah, blah. It's just not genuine. It's just not genuine. It just caused a bunch of eye rolls. Because then Travis Goff, the KUAD, goes on uh, Kansas City Sports Talk Radio with Soren Petro and basically gave every excuse under the sun as to why the wins may not be there even in year two for Lance Leipold. And talking about how, oh yeah, uh, we already have our starters at our skill positions and all this type of stuff. It's just a hilarious undercutting of the athletics director of the head coach. And again, I, I don't think that was Travis Goss intention. Um, but Lance Leipold looked like a, you know, Chris Kleiman does everything. He's stoic. He's a football guy. Lance Leipold goes up there and his press conference is like, okay, I watched him. I'm going to try to copy his homework, but I'm not nearly as good at it. And Kleiman went after him. So it wasn't exactly like that, but Lance Leipold, did everything thinking this is what a football guy does. Chris Kleiman got up there and he was like, I am a football guy. The difference is drastic. The other thing that is drastic is Travis Goff holding court and basically telling everyone, oh, KU's in the Big 12 and a strong Big 12 means a strong KU, all this type of stuff, acting like such a good and proper member of the Big 12. And I think he got his reality check after peacocking all last August, September, October, trying to say, oh, KU's going to do what's best for KU. And, oh, that doesn't necessarily mean the future of the Big 12. We're positioned to go and be part of uh, any conference in, in, in America would be lucky to have us all this bullshit. So he's changed his tune. And I think KU fans and I think the University of Kansas and KU Athletics got their reality check and realized that if they want to play major college football, it has to be in the Big 12. So it's time they stop peacocking and showing red ass to the Big 10 and be a committed member. KU fans are never going to want to hear that. KU fans, and, and here's the thing, I don't think a lot of Big 12 school uh, a lot of Big 12 schools think they, and their fan base thinks, oh, all we need is this thing to happen and we're going to end up, you know, in the Big 10 or SEC, blah, 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 blah. But the Big 12 is going to be so much better off once they kind of realize, okay, we're not getting on those lifeboats. Let's build our own arc and be the number three conference. Let's be that big dog. Let's be that third best conference. And whether K-State fans want to admit this or not, the Big 12 would be better off if KU started working towards building up this conference instead of, like I said, peacocking and showing their red ass to the Big 10. The only other thing I, I thought I thought it was uh, funny, Travis Goff also said that, oh, we're much closer to football stadium renovations than I thought we'd be at this point. Okay. I'll believe it when I see it. And, and that's when K-State is wrapping up their third nine-figure campaign in the last decade and a half. Third. We're, we're, we're going to, when, when it's all said and done, K-State is going to be close to a billion dollars worth of donor funds for facilities since 2010. And that's amazing. Gene Taylor, I, I'm going to touch on some stuff Gene Taylor said in his Ask the AD with Brian Smoller um, talking about exit re-entry. I, I talked about this on the live show. I love Gene Taylor. I think Gene Taylor is a great AD. I think he was the perfect athletics director for the time when K-State needed it. He transitioned us from the most legendary figure in K-State athletics, Bill Snyder to Chris Klein and made a hire that was tough. It was not an easy hire because almost every single fan to a T revolted against it, but he stuck by his guns and it for all intents and purposes showing to be a great hire. He also moved on and had to fire the only K-State basketball coach who's won a big 12 title here since Jack Hartman. He won two, went to the elite eight. 
and made a hiring drum tang that was universally praised. But his continued of kicking the can down the road for exit re-entry at football games is getting frustrating. I hope, I hope I'm going to get to talk to Gene in August. I'll say some of this to him. Um, and I, I think that there is always going to be a valid reason. You know, in 2019, he said, all right, we're going to open up the beer garden to everyone and we're going to kind of see how things go and we're going to do, uh, you know, beer at basketball games. See how it goes. Fact finding. 2020 pandemic, uh, they, they changed the rules. Everything was weird. I ended up not even going to a home game in 2020. 2021 oh everyone's coming back we're gonna go back to the old policies uh don't we, we want as many folks to come back so we're not going to take away something that uh there's a, a very vocal group of fans that they like tailgating at halftime coming in coming out and now it is okay we need to figure out how the traffic flow of people are going to work on the east side with the new practice practice facility going up Again, I think there's always going to be a valid excuse not to do it. But when you're one of, if not the only Power 5 conference football stadiums that still has a policy on the books that allows exit reentry, now in the minority of Power 5 football stadiums not having beer, wine, and seltzer as a general concession item, it's starting to get a little annoying. I hope that... The change happens next year because, again, that's that's the thing, the only thing I, I can knock the man on. He communicates well. I think he's made some really tough and uh, decisions for Casey Athletics and been smart about it. He has now fundraised more than John Curry has when it comes to facilities across all of K State Athletics, and he's done it for more than just football and basketball I think he's made two very good hires with Jerome Tang and Chris Kleiman again I think that he gets a lot of very good grades when it comes to being the athletics director but this is a big one that I'm I'm getting frustrated with it is a bad look on national television every single third quarter kickoff a picture gets taken and it goes viral between KU fans, Iowa State fans, just dogging on our fans. Goes viral for how bad it looks. This has to be the last season for exit and reentry. Has to be. And I said earlier, Gene Taylor did touch on the future of scheduling. I think. We need to do pods or protected rivals. Divisions would be bad. Last thing from Big 12 Media Days. And I'm, I'm kind of all over the place today. But hey, you're listening to this on a Friday. I'm recording this after work on a Thursday. It's okay. We're bouncing around a little bit. I do want to touch on Mike Gundy. Because Mike Gundy, uh, he, he said two things that kind of were noteworthy. The first one is everything what we're thinking. Mike Gundy is not apologetic at all. He's ready to be done with Oklahoma and Texas. He basically said, hey, look, I don't care about the technicalities. They should not be in any conference meeting at any level, whether it's the coaches, whether it's the ADs, whether it's the presidents. He wants nothing to do with them. And he straight up said that he has no interest in playing Oklahoma after they leave the conference. Now, It'll probably be like that probably for for a decade. We saw it with KU in Missouri. We saw it with Texas and Texas A&M. Um, I would imagine they play again, but it's probably going to be 10, 15 years before they do. And I like how Mike Gundy is speaking up and kind of saying what we're all thinking about Oklahoma and Texas. Because, again, I'm pretty sure they got to vote on the next commissioner. They're in all these conference or you know phone conversations, basically unless it is explicitly about the future beyond them, they get to be part of all those conversations. They get to have votes on scheduling. They get to have their votes in literally everything because they're still here. Now, I don't know what the conference bylaws say. I, I say, hey, look, you can still be part of the conference, but they, they should have no say in any of that. 
So I'm glad Mike Gundy said it. But he's aging pretty bad. I mean, like, he needs to lay off the tan tanning bed. I'm glad the mullet's gone, too, if I'm being honest. The other thing he said, and he's actually, he, I think this is maybe the second or third time he said it. He says he sees the Big 12 getting up to 16 teams. And again, hey, I think there are four schools that fit perfectly. Actually, I, I'm almost to the point where my official stance is take Arizona, Arizona State, and one of Utah or Colorado, because their fans on Twitter are just mouthing off, just running their fucking mouths. Very annoying. Very annoying. I, I, I think you need to take at least three of them. And I would almost take another promote a team from the east I, I know that and this is why i couldn't be a conference commissioner because i'd just be like man these fans are annoying on twitter so we're gonna screw over one of these fan bases and then take a memphis or tulane or central or south florida or something and then go to a go to pods have a mountain pod a old big eight pod a texas pod and an eastern pod but i don't think that's gonna happen i and honestly, I don't even know if we're going to get those four schools from Pac-12, Pac-10. It looks like they might try to rally and stick together. We'll see what happens there. But again, Brett Yormark will uh, officially go on the job here in two weeks, and we'll see what happens. I'm going to end it with a rant, and this kind of comes back to specifically uh, the media coming out of Austin, whether it be the fan sites, recruiting sites that follow Texas, uh, the newspaper, the Austin American Statesman, because these guys are pompous assholes, uh, and I'm, I'm quite frankly tired of it. They they ask a question to almost every single coach, to Brett Yormark, to Bob Bowlesby, and it all had to do with, oh, losing Texas, or oh, this about Texas, oh, that about Texas. I get it. Some of the questions are defensible. Like one of them asked Lance Leipold about KU getting two wins out of versus Texas over the last five years or whatever it's been. But these coaches don't want to fucking talk about, oh, Texas is leaving the conference. That does nothing for anyone's readership. It does nothing to provide context or content for your readers or listeners. You guys are just rolling up here and trying to swing your big horns around and tell everyone to look at us. And it's trash. Again, I've been credentialed for Big 12 Media Days and I should not. You know, and, and, and I ranted about my thoughts about Heather Denich and you know what? I would I would imagine that even after Texas leaves the Big 12, there's going to be someone from the Austin American Statesman who gets credentialed and comes to Big 12 Media Days. But they need... To, maybe not banning people from Media Days, but they should probably hit you with a stick. When you ask stupid questions, when all it is is you acting pompous on behalf of the school you cover. Derek Young, Cole Manbeck, they weren't asking douchey questions to try to hype K-State up. You know, Tim Fitzgerald asked a very insightful question of Lance Leipold about how he's going to use the new roster and scholarship rules. It wasn't, hey, you've lost to K-State for 14 years now. Do you think you're going to get a win before it gets to 20? You know, K-State's media doesn't do shit like that. Most of the Big 12 school medias don't do shit like that. But Texas's media asks douchey questions about, oh, how can you make the brand cool without Texas? Oh, how can you add value without the mighty Texas? And then some dickhead reporter from Texas covers Texas Ask Deuce Vaughn during his breakout session, hey, did you ever think about going in the transfer portal and leaving K-State? 
And we had that controversy on Twitter when the publisher of the Rivals site, the Texas Rivals site, was openly saying that Deuce Vaughn should transfer to Texas. This is asinine. And again, I've been credentialed for Big 12 Media Days and hell, I could probably go next year. I know I operate in a podcast space, but I think I've made it clear uh, that I'm a fan. I don't sit up in the press box. I sit in Section 7. You know, I have basketball season tickets. I'm not down there on press row. But I would never think of going there and asking a player that with the undertones of, hey, you should have transferred to Texas. When you had a publisher who openly said that last fall. I cannot wait to move on from these guys who try to make this event all about the University of Texas. I can't. I cannot wait. And they're going to absolutely hate going to SEC Media Days in Birmingham, Alabama. Because they are not going to be the draw. And guess what? There's going to be more media folks. So you guys can't stack the preseason poll ballot and get Texas five first place votes. And that make a big dent like it did here. I'm tired of it. It's absolute trash. But that's going to be all I have uh, tweet at me, talk to me. What you guys? What were your takeaways from media days? Here's a question: Do we even need media days? Now I love it because again, I I will listen to the Big Twelve like digital phone call every week. I listen to probably half the coaches do their weekly press conferences on ESPN Plus. I'm a sucker. I love this. I eat it all up. But I I mean, I listen to almost every second of these press conferences. Almost nothing news or noteworthy came out of them. So tell me, do, do you have the need for this? I don't think they're going away because, again, it gives two weeks of content to podcasts, to writers, to sports talk radio hosts. So they're not going away. But did you take anything away from it? Let me know your thoughts on exit and reentry. And then let's just have a good weekend. We're going to be coming to you on Monday. Hopefully we got some big news coming soon about some uh, podcasts I'll be having a more formal partnership with here in the Big 12. But again, check out your K-State stuff. Again, Mitch Fortner's doing daily stuff with the game. Three Maw, three of my favorite people in the sports media world Derek Young, Cole Manbeck, and John Kurtz. That's over with the KC Sports Network. My good friends, the Aggieville Alleycats, they're doing weekly episodes. The Short Side Option, I think they dropped an episode recently. They're running during football season. College and Kimball running during football season. The Locker Room, L-O-E-C-K-E-R Room. They're taking July off, but they're going to be back. Shake and Blake. They're an award-winning K-State sports show from 91.9, their students. Check them all out. Because, again, once the season start up, there's no excuse. There's plenty of us out there. We're giving you guys content. You don't need to listen to 610, 810 every single second of the morning. There's going to be K-State content out there. We love you guys. TGIF. Happy Friday. Remember, tomorrow. 11 a.m. Central, check out Home Field. Promo code Bosco's Boys for 15% off. 15% off Bosco's Boys. No spaces. I promise you're going to find your next favorite t shirt. And we'll be going live Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Colorcast. It's going to be fun. I promise. Hail to the to the white wildcat in spirit wildcat in fight hail alma mater from sea to sea
fight. UK State Wildcats form alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater. Fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go State! Podcast Network.